0: Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio, and here is your host, Gary Cocholillo.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cocholillo. and before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening. And also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producer Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, senior editor Amanda Steele, author of Ghosts of Me, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of Is Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. If you're interested in becoming a contributor to this podcast, just go to EverythingImaginable2020.com and you'll find a bunch of information there on how you can do that. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Kevin Killen, and he has a book out called Ghosts and Me. Thanks for coming on today.
2: Hey, thank you for having me, Gary. Appreciate it.
1: You're Welcome. So this is an interesting topic. Uh, I guess this is, book is basically um, some paranormal accounts that you've experienced throughout your lifetime.
2: Yes, yeah, it's pretty much uh, from about the time I was five years old until current current day.
1: Awesome. Um, so how did it all start when you were five?
2: Okay. Um, well, my family uh, lived in uh, Evanston, Illinois. Uh, right outside of Chicago, in one of those big old rambling turn of the century brick houses. Uh, my father was a uh, journalist; he used to work for UPI. So every once in a while, he'd get to cover out of state events for them. And this particular night, they had—I think it was a basketball tournament in St. Louis. So he took my older brothers with him. So it was just me and my mother, and we were downstairs in the living room or the kitchen area, I guess you'd call it. Um, and we were eating dinner and. I heard footsteps and I knew I was, we were the only ones in the house. And I turned to my mother and I said, uh, who's that? And my mother turned to me and said, well, that's my little boy. Well, I didn't understand what she meant that by that, because I was the only little boy that I knew of in the house. So I was, you know, little five-year-old puzzled, but I distinctly remember those footsteps, um, across the wooden floor up and upstairs. And my, you know, my mother told me later that she was afraid somebody had broken into the house. Uh, so that's why she had said what she said. She didn't want to scare me anymore. But uh, that was like my first paranormal event. Uh, and I still remember that to this day very vividly of hearing those footsteps across the uh, wooden floor.
1: Wow. And uh, how long did you stay in that house afterwards? Were you, did you go uh, up we there? there
2: for, no, no. I was uh, there for about another year, about a year, year and a half. And then we moved to uh, Falls Church, Virginia.
1: Did, did anybody ever do any investigation in that house to find out what it was
2: no no uh we never did um i think that my mother um had some sort of abilities uh, psychic abilities i think she had a lot of things happen in that house but unfortunately she never really talked about it later on uh, as i grew up she never really talked much about it so nobody ever investigated anything but um i'm it was probably at the time when I lived there, it was probably, I'd say about 70 to 80 years old. I mean, as far as we knew, nobody died in the house. It was just like a really, really old house. Hmm.
1: And then what happened next?
2: Okay. Well, when we moved to uh, Virginia, that's really when I started getting into the paranormal more, uh, in my teen years and everything. And, I had a lot of friends that we were, you know, we, we'd go to the library, we read the latest Hans Holzer book, and then we'd exchange that book for whatever they were reading, and we'd pass that around and and everything. And I got into, I read a book by uh, Constantine Rodiv, um, who was basically the pioneer of EVPs without actually knowing it. Um, this man, I guess, had um, recorded voices in a forest. Uh, in Europe and had, he was, he was actually recording bird sounds and bird calls and he got all these voices and he didn't, you know, he wasn't intending on doing that. So he was kind of like the pioneer of the EVP and I read his book and I was like, wow, that's pretty fascinating. So I decided, well, you know, if he did that, I suppose I could probably try to do the same things. So, uh, you know, I would do the same like local cemeteries and and play a little Panasonic tape. And I, I didn't really get anything that I remember until I was about a year removed from high school. Um, my, everybody in my house had gone out for the day or the night or whatever it was, and I was just there, and I just decided, hey, let me do an EVP session here. And I don't know if some of your audience will remember the big boom boxes with the detachable speakers back in the early yeah, 90s. I do. Yeah, so I had one of those with the, with the you know, dual cassette. So I went ahead and hit record and play, and I said, uh, if there's anything here, please show me. And I uh, went to a friend's house for about an hour, hour and a half, came back, we rewound the tape. And it didn't get anything till about the last maybe minute of the tape. Um, I heard some bleeps and some blips. Then it sounded like someone was pounding on my machine. And I was like, wow, this is really weird. Then the very, very end, maybe the last 10 seconds, I had a voice come through, said, I have shown you, ha ha. And it scared me because, of course, it answered my question. And again, nobody was in the house at the time. Nobody knew what I was doing, so I don't know what that was, but I, I pretty much hightailed it out of the house to figure this one out. And when I, of course, told people, people thought I was, you know, smoking crack. So, <laughs> you know, and and, 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 and you know, back then, this was way before all the ghost shows. So, so that's, you know, people didn't didn't uh, give it much credence at the time. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was like my, my really first, and, and once that happened, that really kind of was like, Okay, something's out there, and let's try to find out what it is.
1: So, where did you go after that? Like, did you start doing more research into the paranormal and parapsychology? Did you read any other books?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I read, um, I was really big into, um, at that time, um, the Warren, Warrens. Mm-hmm. I started reading a lot of their books and uh, finding out a lot of stuff. And then I was, of course, still reading Hans Holzer. And, you know there's a couple other ones out there <clears throat> that were pretty good um so so I really got into doing that and I, I went to school in Pennsylvania in, in a little town called Waynesburg and and Waynesburg's very historic it's you know 1700s town you know it's got a lot of historical um stuff going on there so um while I was in school I actually was able to I, I my first summer up there I actually took summer courses in in 94 and uh, it's 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 funny because the one of the buildings that I stayed in actually abuts a cemetery. and It's a really, really big cemetery. It's like you got the, you know, the, the end of the dorm and then you've got maybe 30 feet of grass. And then, boom, the cemetery is like right there. So I thought, OK, well, this has got to be there's got to be stuff going on all, all over the place here. So I had some friends there that would tell me, you know, they, they said they see a few things, hear a few things. Um, the administration, of course, would always shut me down. They wouldn't say a thing. Oh, nothing's here. You know, I could never get any professors to tell me anything. Um, but we had a building on campus that was from 1851 and, and it, it just had a crazy vibe to it. So, um, that was kind of like my early stuff there. Um, and actually while I was in school, I actually, uh, lived in a haunted house that actually I, I chronicle in the book. Um, so we had a lot of, a lot of crazy things go on and here. that. Me and my roommate actually uh, experienced a lot of things in that that house during that time.
1: What did you experience in the house? Uh,
2: We had, um, it was just, you know, it was one of those really, it was a a ranch style house. Uh, But we had, um, uh, you know, cupboards open up and close by themselves. We had bathroom doors do the same thing. We had water faucets turn on and off by themselves. Uh, Every once in a while, it would sound like somebody would open the door and come in. And when we would go just thinking it was each other, then we would go and there's like nobody in the house. But we distinctly heard the door open and close uh, several times. Um, this one particular time I remember um, I had heard the door open and close and somebody walk into the bathroom. So I thought it was my roommate, He, you know, because he kept odd hours, too. And I just went back to doing what I was doing. And it was like a half hour later. And I was like, wow, I better go see if he's OK. So I knocked on the door. I didn't hear anything. And I opened the door. and There's nobody there. And again, this was a really small house. So he couldn't have gone anywhere without me hearing the door open and close again. Um, So it went on on that way for like a month or two. And uh, we were sitting down in our living room watching TV one day. And he just out of the blue, he was like, hey, do you ever hear weird stuff in this house? And it was like this big weight was lifted off our shoulders because we were like, oh, my God. So we started comparing notes and we were experiencing the same stuff, and we didn't even know it at the time and, and it was just so, both of us were so relieved that we weren't crazy that we were both hearing a lot of the same stuff.
1: Hmm. And at that point did you I mean at this time now you're you're, you're you know an adult and um, did you try any to make any contact? Did you try EVP sessions, Ouija boards, seances?
2: Yeah, at, th- at that time, I had actually had a friend who was a uh, psychic. And I just, again, I, I, I didn't know too much about things like you know that, that aspect of, of parasy- parapsychology, paranormal, whatever you want to call it. So she was explaining to me how this worked. And, and the reason I know that she was good is because, I don't know if you're familiar with remote viewing at all. I oh, am. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I lived... In Virginia, and she lived in Pennsylvania. Obviously, so over break we kind of got in. We started dating actually before all this happened. So we'd be on the phone, and I was in Virginia, she was in Pennsylvania, and she would describe my house and just minute details of my home that there's no way unless you were in this house you would you would know that this went on. So it freaked me out, but it also was kind of cool because I was like, wow, how how does she really know how all this stuff's going on here? So that's kind of when I knew. She was like a real deal. Well, she would actually tell me things that were minuscule that nobody would know. And and she shouldn't know, by the way, because she didn't know me that well. So anyway, I was explaining the house to her and everything. So I had her come over and she made contact with George. George was was the resident resident spirit that lived in the house. He was the former owner of the home and and he was basically just making sure that you know these these college kids are going to take care of his house he had passed several years before and just was hanging around to keep keep an eye on the place and you know and for verification i actually went to the courthouse and did some research and there was actually on that property a gentleman named george and i forgot his last name who did own that house at one time so once again it was valid so um, that was kind of that, and then once you know, she told us, "Say hey, make contact, talk to him, tell him you know you're freaking us out. You, you please stop." We did that, and the haunting stopped immediately.
1: Hmm. And how did it, how did that affect you? Like, once you have that realization that there's life after death, and it can still hang around, um, like, what do you where do you go from there?
2: Well, well, let me tell you it, that. It, that really kind of opened doors for me literally uh, at the time. Cause again, I was still so new to this. I mean, I knew that there was something there, but what, what I knew was from Hollywood and, and most people did too. And, and again, I, I, I used to watch, um, uh, Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. That's kind of where my first ghost stories came from. I remember him coming out of the fog in his trench coat talking <laughs> about, you know, the ghost of the Queen Mary. And then I'd I'd love those shows. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. But uh, like, again, you know, I'd still read things and everything. But again, as you get older and being in school, you know, because, you know, obviously with college and everything, you, they they try to, quote unquote, teach, teach you to think for yourself. Well, you know, some people can't, some people Cannot, and I've always had an open mind, but I've always been fascinated and drawn to this. And I was always like, OK, there's something out there and I do know this. Where do we go from here? Um, but there was a lot of things in that that next year or actually that year. Uh, a lot of things changed for me. Uh, my mother passed in January of that year. So that was really, really heavy for me because that was like the first thing I wanted to do was once I started grieving, I wanted to make contact with her. because I knew mm-hmm. I could. And, and I did. Mm-hmm. And uh, so th- there was things like that. And then, again, I just had a lot of things happen. And I actually had an attachment at this time. And it was a very nasty attachment. And it was a very dark attachment. And I, I anybody who's ever gone through attachments, um, I know what they go through. And this was a nasty one. And thank God I was able to get rid of it because it really affected my personality and the people that were actually affected by this whole thing. That was like a really... But again, so again, anybody who goes through things like that, I totally feel for you. Wow.
1: How do you think you picked up the uh, a, an attachment and how did you get rid of it?
2: We, um, well, my friend at the time, I had, me and my girlfriend, he, the psychic, um, had, had some other friends who, uh, her best friend was dating a guy who was totally anti paranormal. I mean, this guy, nothing, you know, there's no ghosts, there's no aliens, there's no Bigfoot, there's none of this stuff. There's not, you know, I don't believe in any of that. Crap! And this, would, you know, this, is, this is how he would tell us. So we said, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and have a like, kind of like a we're going to have a channeling session. It really wasn't a séance; it was more of a channeling session. And we're going to show him that hey, there are things out there. So we you know, did the circle thing and, and everything. So as we were going on trying to open, open up our minds and channel, we all saw this really evil-looking whatever it was. It wasn't a devil. It wasn't whatever this thing was. It was just very evil. And it had you could tell it had evil intent and we all jumped back because it all hit us at the same time. So we broke the circle. Well, that thing opened it up and that gave it the 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 way to come in. So basically from that day on, for about a period of four or five weeks, uh, we had personality changes. We had things break down. We had all sorts of bad luck. Uh, That guy actually had a, a motorcycle accident, almost killed him. Um, you know, and we just had all this bad luck myself personally, my personality changed to the point where I was totally like just a jerk. I mean, I, nobody wanted to be, I I was hanging up on friends. I was not leaving the house. I was very dark. Um, I was drinking a lot. I mean, there was just, and it wasn't me. And it was funny because I could tell inside my head because something in my head was saying, this isn't you, this isn't you. But it was almost like I couldn't do anything about it. So finally, I called my girlfriend. I said, hey, we've got something. Something's going on here. We've got to do something about this. So she was like, you're right, Kevin. I, I left the door open. This thing came in and we're all being affected. I've got to close this. So we had it. ended up having another channeling session. We were able to close it. Um, I, I don't think this thing, went, it, this thing went away. It went away from us, but I think it's still out there. Um, but unfortunately it's probably somebody else's problem, but th- this is how we got rid of it. But again, for four or five weeks, it was just a really nasty thing. And, and again, it's something I never want to go through.
1: Would you say this thing was demonic?
2: You know, I, I, I always hate using the D word because that is so overused, I believe in this day and age. Uh, you know, so I don't know demonic per se, but this was very evil. I mean, it very well could have been demonic, but it was it was evil, whatever it was. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Um, with these type of like, uh, with that kind of entity, like, where do you think they come from? Do you think they come from like the astral realm, or do you think like they, they come up from hell? Like, what, you know? I, mean, I kind of think that
2: they? they're just there. I think there's kind of like a cosmic highway, and i think they i think this world and in, in has so many portals and i think portals are the, their highway where spirits and all sorts of things from other planes and realms can actually travel back and forth i think that's just kind of where this thing came from was just kind of hanging out there and when we channeled it, it was like oh hey look at this and that's how it, it came to be and again that's just my opinion but yeah i, I think they're just kind of out there and it's kind of like uh kind of like a dog whistle. You know, when you blow a dog whistle, a dog in the vicinity is going to look up and say, oh, what's that? I hear that. So I think that's the same thing with these entities that can come in and out. Um, It's kind of like, you know, you know, the Pac-Man game, you know, when you can go out of one screen and come back the other. (laughs) So that's kind of that's kind of the imagery I I, I think is how they can move around throughout realms is that can go in one screen and out the other. That's just again, that's my opinion. But I think that's how they do it.
1: Um. So after that, did you? What well, other? I mean, that was negative entity. Entity. Do you think um, the same thing goes with a positive entity?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like I said, I think um, that that's a lot of what happens. And with me, I'm empathic, so I'm kind of. The, I, I describe myself as I'm the, the motel sign at three in the morning, the little pink neon sign that says vacancy. Mm-hmm. so for me it's it's oh he can see and hear us so let's run to him because I think that's what happens with me being an empath Is mm-hmm. that I'm, I attract spirits because that's pretty much how things happen is that I think they come out of there wherever they're coming from or, or they're already in a situation I show up and they can pick up on my energy and they're like oh wow he can see and hear us hey let's mess with him so mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely I think how, how it works on evil or, or or negative or positive energy I think it works either way
1: you mentioned that after your mom passed away, you tried to make contact with her. How did you do that?
2: Uh, well, it was interesting. The first time I did, um, I had actually had a bad tooth. And me being the brilliant, <laughs> brilliant college student I was at the time, um, I, I didn't take care of it in time. So I was, it, was, it was just horrible pain. So I decided to chase Tylenol with beer. Until it, the pain went away, which uh, obviously the, for all you kids listening out there, don't do that, <laughs> but it was uh uh that I was doing that, and then you know and again, I was in so much pain, I couldn't sleep, so I was trying to to get rid of the pain with the beer and and, and the pills, and I think at this point in time, I had been in so much pain, I think I was actually almost crying, and I heard a sharp somebody say Kevin like that, and it was my mother. And I knew it was my mother's voice and it stopped immediately. And I said, mom. And from then on, I was able to sleep and the pain went away. But I know that was my mother. I mean, there was just no doubt that was my mother's voice saying that because she I guess she couldn't stand to see me in pain. She was Mm kind of kind of upset about it. But, yeah, she said my name and that was her. The second time, um, my girlfriend, the psychic channeled her energy to me and I was able to feel her through that and get the images of her in my head. And she actually telepathically spoke to me. And uh, that was a very emotionally charged night and a very, very good one. But, but I knew she was in a better place and Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it was tough, but I, again, I knew that she was in a better place than she was physically and that it was okay that she was gone. So um, yeah, those are the two ways that she's actually in the last since Since then, I think she's crossed over, but before she, I don't think she had quite done that, so she was able to contact me. Um, But, yeah, she's always around me. I know that.
1: Does it ever worry you that she's always around you and knows everything that you're doing?
2: No, because she's a mother, and you know (laughs) mothers know everything anyway. I mean, I could never get away with anything growing up. I always thought I was slick, but she knew everything. You know, she, you know, typical mother, she'd be like, oh, hey, by the way, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, oh, crap. How the hell did you know? There's no way you could have known that. Um, So, no, you know, it is kind of weird if you sit there and think about it because other people have asked me that. And they're like, isn't that a little weird that every time you do something, there's people watching you or, or knowing what you're doing? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course, it is a little weird. But, you know, I mean, I, I just I, I accept it. I don't think about it usually. But like I said, if you stop to think about it, it is kind of kind of strange when. Uh, You know, you're thinking, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And there's people around watching, but um, you know, it's just that they're always around spirits are always around. And that's my belief. And a lot of people believe that too. As a matter of fact, excuse me, during, during podcasts, they love to uh, interact. I'm surprised they actually have it now because they usually gather around and start messing with equipment. So they always make themselves known when I do podcasts and radio shows. So it's kind of (laughs) nice.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah, it's always bothered me, like you know, the idea that my mom could see me everything I'm doing. You know, uh, I don't know. It's just it's like I can't get away with anything anymore.
2: No, no, that's that's true, and, and unfortunately, like I said, I yeah, I usually don't think about that until after the fact. But yeah, you're right. You really can't.
1: Yeah, it makes all my bad habits very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> But but you know, and you mentioned like like you know, we're never really alone. Like whether it's a loss of a loved one or you know, who knows what's what exists you know in the same room with me. Because yeah. you know these spirits just run on a different frequency. That's all it is. So they could be in the same space with us, but we're not able to perceive them. Exactly. Um. What kind of, um, it, uh, like, pe- there's a lot of people out there with different types of theories on the paranormal. Some believe that all spirits are humans. Some believe that they're alien. Some believe they're spirit guides. Um, you know, there's all kinds of labels out there for different types of things. Um, like, like, do you uh, prescribe to any of those, or do you just look at it all as the same phenomenon?
2: Um, I kind of just think it's all the same phenomenon, uh, just manifested in different ways. Uh, You know, I I was actually on one show uh, when the host was actually talking about, uh, and this kind of blew my mind because I never thought about this. You know, if, if there's so many layers of spirit activity, basically, I mean, if I walk into a room where you're at, you're going to know I'm there Mm -hmm. and vice versa. But his theory was that this has somehow been proven. I don't. I'm again. I don't know how, but they they don't interact, even though they're in the same realm. They're from different time time frames. They they can be in the same place and not even know each other's there. And that's just kind of mind blowing if you think about it. It's weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I I just think it's all sorts of just you, you know they're they're here for a reason. And, and again, I go the, go into the you know the main ones. Uh, with my you know in my book you know you've got the, the the classic uh you know the classic uh hauntings if you will uh broken down into you know the the uh different kinds of uh, of ones um like the intelligent where they actually know that you're interacting with them so they they actually will talk to you or touch you or whatever which is cool and then you've got the other ones where it's uh, kind of like a tape loop being played back where it's actually things are going on around you that have been in history but it's they, they don't know that you're there so that's always been an interesting one too because i've actually had both of those experiences um but yeah it's just it's just kind of weird so I, I just i think you know and again with spirit guides and things like that and i do believe that the spirit world is here to help us and that there are certain things for certain people and i believe everyone has like an angel or a spirit guide or whatever you want to call it. I think everybody has one. Some some people actually have more than one um, that are here to guide us through to the next area of, mm-hmm. of, of living or the next plane of existence or whatever you want to call it.
1: So as an empath, do you do any channeling or spirit communication?
2: Uh, yeah, I've done spirit communication. I don't do channeling. Um, mostly, um, they they just kind of come to me it's just kind of like you know which which at times it's a little disturbing because it'll they'll just like pop out of nowhere you know it's not like they you know they they text me or they they you know give me a warning or with an email or something they just come out of the blue and it, it could be I, I i've had it driving in my car i've had it at work i've had it obviously at home uh so yeah they just kind of when they need a message sent or they need to tell me something they'll just they'll just find a way to tell me
1: so how do you communicate with them? Do you are you like clairaudient, clairvoyant?
2: Yeah, yeah, clairaudience usually. Um, I have a bad well, I don't know if it's a bad habit, but I have a I have a habit of talking to myself a lot, and I've always been that way. Me too. Um, so i I'll you know I'll I'll talk to myself, and then I'll get something back in my head, and I'll know that it's the spirit, not just me, but they'll they'll either answer my question. Or it'll be something totally like off the wall, like where did that come from? But obviously it was meant for me. Uh, and I've actually had a spirit when I was actually sleeping, had something to tell me. It actually punched me or something and woke me up. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, when they have messages, you'll get them. And that's what I tell people. Because people are like, well, I've meditated and I've done this. I said, look, they will, they will tell you. And a lot of people, most people... No, they they don't know to look for signals and signs, and this is something I still go through, but I've actually learned to get a lot better at. Is that the spirit world will contact you one way or the other? They will get your attention if if, if they need to. Um, so yeah, for me, it's 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 usually clear audience. They just come to me as a thought, uh, or they'll they'll start talking to me in my head.
1: Do you ever ask them for favors?
2: Uh well yeah yeah but not you know I'm not like hey what's the lottery number you know mm-hmm. n- nothing like that I that that you can't do I mean you can do it they it, it, they're they're, <laughs> they're they're really not gonna because it, it's the whole thing about self gain
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know that's the thing but I but I've asked for help like I said before my book got published you know I asked for for guidance for them to help me get my book published you know because this has been a huge journey for me. This has been almost 15 years in the making and I was getting frustrated and angry. And I was just like, Hey, you know, spirits, you know, you, you see what I've done. You know what I'm doing. Let me tell your story, get me out there. And then boom, I got a, I got, I got a book contract, but (laughs) yeah, I've asked for that. And you know, when things go wrong and things like that, I've always asked for, you know, help, helpful and guides. And, And they'll usually show me, you know, one way or the other, or they'll just show me like, certain images that they'll let me know that yeah we're on it that kind of thing <laughs> so yeah I, I i tend to do that a lot i try not to do it too much because they kind of you know if, if you're going to rely on that that they don't want you to rely on them so much they want to help you a little bit kind of give you a nudge and you do the rest but if you kind of ask for things too much then they kind of get irritated with that and they won't help you at least that's been my experience um but yeah i mean I, i'll i'll ask for help all the time mm-hmm.
1: Have you ever experienced a physical manifestation?
2: As far as... A spirit, like a a shadow person or an apparition. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, definitely. You've been
1: touched.
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, I get touched all the time. Um, That's something that, uh, for some reason, I guess, it's almost like a reassurance. Like, they'll they'll just kind of let me know that they're here by touching me. (laughs) And, uh, you know... It, it it freaks you out every once. In a while. In, in the beginning, it used to. And I and I finally had to tell them, look, look, you need to stop. Find another way to do this. So they, they actually for the most part have. But I still get like, like fingers run through my hair. I mean things like that. Um, shadow person. I have seen I've seen many shadow shadow beings. I'm going to say beings because I'm not exactly sure what these things are. Uh, usually at work, I'll catch them out of the corner of my eye. They're like little blobs of black. And I don't know what they are. I think they're elementals, but I'm not really sure. I something but it's funny because something in in my head tells me I shouldn't see these things, but yet I do. And they're 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 they know that I shouldn't see them but I do, and they're kinda like, huh? How can he do that? So it's kinda I don't know, and again, this is like something that it just I have a feeling about the about this, uh and it is kind of my in my head. But the one uh outstanding shadow person that I ever did see I was living in an apartment in Pennsylvania and we were laying in bed I was laying in bed with my then girlfriend and I just happened to look at the wall for you know whatever reason and I just saw this thing this big shadow go from the ground all the way up to the ceiling and then by the time it got to the past the door frame it had a head and shoulders and it just went to the top and I said what the hell was that and then she just nonchalantly said oh you see it too and I was like, y- do you care to explain this? I mean, <laughs> she was just like matter of fact about it. She's like, oh, I see him all the time. And I was like, oh, that's great. This is the first. I'm sitting here like what, What?" you know, this thing was huge. This thing went all the way to the ceiling. And we were on the second floor at the time. So I went to the window and I was like, okay, maybe it's something outside. There's nothing there. There's no way it could have been anything else. But, yeah, kind of like, you, you know, the Easter Island uh, head things, right. those headstones out there. That's what it kind of looked like. You're still there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, I lost
1: you for a second. <laughs> oh, yes.
2: <laughs> they, they probably wanted to come in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You, you cut in and out a little bit.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know why this does that. I did that with another show I was doing for some reason. My internet's kind of messing up. I, it might be the weather. We're going to get a thunderstorm here shortly. Uh, yeah.
1: We get a thunder- you need to
2: re-repeat the last part of that or? Yeah. Yeah.
1: If you can, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, sure. Um, like I was saying, this thing like went from the ceiling all the way or from the floor all the way to the ceiling. And it and it had to been eight, nine foot tall. And I had never seen this thing before or since, but it was just, yeah, it was a definite shadow person. And it just freaked me out. And again, I'll never forget that. But that's like the first full body shadow person I've ever seen. And again, I really don't want to see that thing again. <laughs> this thing really freaked me out because I don't know. This thing was huge. But then I started doing some research. On shadow people and talking to other people who have had experiences and apparently this is something you still there some sense to me is that people seem some people think that shadow people are beings that have not been able to formulate properly so they're still in kind of like a like a larvae kind of stage so they haven't gone into the butterfly stage so this is how they appear until they move into the next one that's an interesting theory right because a lot of these things actually can walk and walk and have movement so that actually kind of makes some sense to me But this thing yeah I don't know what this thing was but it was it was just it was just huge
1: There could be antimatter like you know like say we, we exist in physical form so there's a an antimatter version of people too
2: yeah absolutely like I said that would go along with the parallel universe kind of right
1: yeah um where do you think people go when they die like what do you think happens
2: um i think they go through stages um i've read a lot of books uh, about and and listen to some people talk about you know the afterlife and i don't think anybody really knows anything because of course if we did then you know (laughs) that would be something if you know, I know that there's people out there that have said that they've they've died and gone to heaven or gone to hell and come back and told their story on YouTube and all that. I've seen that, and it's, it's pretty fascinating stuff. But honestly, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of like when you go, your soul... Like, I think we're a vessel for the soul. The soul actually keeps living where the, the physical body can die, and then we'll go into something else, and that's all, like, reincarnation, that kind of thing. But I think you kind of go into a place where your soul is kept. And then you're kind of not really judged, but you're kind of, you know, they kind of look you over and, and, and they know where to put you. And and, and, and then so basically you may go into a soul of a baby or you may go into the soul of something else, but I, I think that's how it goes. And then you just get reincarnated over and over, whether it's an animal or a, or a person. Um, but I think you go through a change until there's a certain time and then you go into what we called heaven. Mm -hmm. And then where you go after that, I have no idea, but I kind of, for me, it's, it's kind of, I got an image of like, like your soul just dissipates into nothing. And then you just kind of like poof and that's it. But again, that's just my thinking and I'm not really sure, but again, from what I've heard and, and, and to people, I think that's kind of how it is, is that we just get reincarnated.
1: Hmm. Do you have any memories, um, from before you were born?
2: Yeah, actually, I do. Um, It's really funny. I was actually um, I actually work with a woman who uh, when we first started working, I never really thought of anything. But I had a weird dream about her. And I was it, it was just it was a very disturbing dream because we were in Civil War times and I was on a horse and I was kind of talking down to her in the street. And I was like, what the hell? You know, because it was one of those, you know, nonsensical dreams. Most of my dreams are anyway. My dreams are so nonsensical. Maybe I, I don't know, I need to get off the night shift or something. But <laughs> I work nights mostly, so maybe that's my sleep pattern screwing me up. But anyway, I always have, like, weird dreams. But I had this dream, and it was just a very specific dream. And I was like, okay, so this bothered me for, like, a long time. And then I started talking to friends of mine who were psychics and this and that. And they sort of described the dream to me, and I told them. And they said, well, you know what that is? I said, well, I have an inkling what I think it might be. And she's like, yeah, you knew her in a past life. I said, that was either your girlfriend or your friend or whatever. You knew this woman. Your souls knew each other. And then you went off to war and you don't know it. But I, I don't dare say, oh, hey, you remember when I talked to you at 1864 and we were in the street? <laughs> and she's going to be like, yeah, OK, Kevin, you need to. A- like see some, see, here's a good psychiatrist I know, <laughs> you know, but, but it's funny because the same woman has told me she had, she's actually had some crazy stories about the paranormal and she came to me when my book came out, we started talking. So it was kind of interesting, but then the more I think about, it, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if maybe I just didn't have that dream. Cause after we had kind of talked about some of her experiences, but it's, it's always been like, every time I see her, it's just like, I, I know you. And i don't want to go up to her and say tell her that oh i know you and she's like well of course you work together and be like no 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 not that so um that was like the one i've been told by other people that i was different people like i was a a writer funny enough a writer in ireland uh back in the 1700s Mm -hmm. i I don't remember anything about that but that would kind of explain you know the, the wanting to write the book and being a former journalist i suppose
1: Yeah, that would make uh, sense, definitely.
2: But yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's the one that really sticks out. Wow. Is that one, because like I said, I, I have a family I've known her from before, but that's the one that really, really sticks out in my mind is that I think that was reincarnated from that time.
1: Have you ever had an out-of-body experience?
2: Uh, no, actually not. That's kind of a strange thing. I, I work with a, a, another girl who, who read my book, and she's a lucid dreamer and she was telling me that her dreams are so so vivid that they're basically always nightmares so she can't sleep much and she's told me some crazy she's like you know I've had these things since I was a kid this and that so she she read my book and she was like wow I can actually talk to someone so but yeah I've never had an OBE that I know of um I did have a near-death experience so
1: what was that like what happened
2: uh, well, it was actually the week of my book. When well, my book came out, as a matter of fact, the day that my book came out on eForm, I actually had a heart attack. Oh, wow. So I had the Widowmaker, which I should have died. So I was at the hospital being worked on. <clears throat> excuse me. And my doctor, you know, told me later. He said, "Kevin, you had a. You shouldn't be here right now." And I was like, "Well, thanks, doc." He's like, "No." He said, "I've had people in here that were in much better shape than you." That did not make it. Um, you had the Widowmaker, and you should have died. And I was like, wow. But the one thing is that I will say, and I actually was was on a a friend of mine told me the other day we were talking about this, and I said I didn't see any any relatives. There was no white light. There was none of that. But I did have this feeling of peace that if it was my time to go, I'm okay with it. And she said that's a sign of NDE right there. And I was like, really? She said, yeah. That's that's a lot of people say that they had a feeling of calm and peace and that they were ready to pass if 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 it was their time and that's what i had i was sitting there watching them work on me thinking okay my life's in order i'm good and uh luckily it was t- wasn't time for me to go and i they they were able to fix me up and and here i am but um yeah i didn't know that was an nde until about 2 weeks ago so that was really kind of neat but I I always felt like I was cheated because I didn't see the light. I didn't have relatives gathered around my bed waiting to take me away. I just was saved, and I was like, thank God for that. But, uh, yeah, so I just was kind of shocked to find out that that was a near-death experience that I did have, but um, luckily I'm still here.
1: Wow. That's interesting. But you don't remember anything, like no beings, no light.
2: No, there was absolutely just, yeah, there was nothing. There was no doctor, just the doctors and the nurses working on me. There was nothing other than that. The only white light I saw was the one above my head that they used to, be, to shine down on me to work on me. Hmm. And again, like I said, I kind of felt cheated because I figured, okay, well, I'm an empath. I, I just wrote a book on spirits and ghosts and everything I've seen. Where You know, where's mine? I kind of, I did. I really felt cheated. I was like, what the hell? Where's mine? You know, this isn't what I've read about. This is what people have talked about about you know but then i thought about it i was like well at least i'm still here but again yeah i really honestly did feel kind of kind of angry about it because yeah. I, I didn't have any of that yeah I would be again, bummed my, out. yeah my friend did tell me that the fact that i was ready to go that was a good that was a sign of a near death and i was like oh okay but none of the other stuff happened
1: hmm. um since then have you wanted to maybe try to have an out-of-body experience or another near-death experience um that you would try to you know remember or you know find out what's over there
2: uh no actually not um like i said i've just had really weird dreams at times but that's just i think kind of kind of my makeup like i said Mm -hmm. i'm my body's so messed up from working split shifts. I work days and nights. So, uh, but yeah, I haven't tried to do a near death, another near death, and I haven't tried an out out of body. Um, yeah, I honestly really can't uh, recall doing that. But uh, yeah, out of body experiences uh, fascinate me because there's a whole thing about being tethered to your your soul being tethered to your body, mm-hmm. and apparently if that that tether breaks you ain't coming back (laughs) so i thought that was kind of neat i was like wow has anybody ever not come back and if so what happens there it's kind of like i remember as a kid uh somebody you know we used to debate this just because you know kids will be kids is that they say if you have a falling dream and you don't wake up you'll die right and i'm like how does anybody really know that (laughs) because like i said i If you've never had that, how are you here telling me? It's
1: true. You don't know.
2: But uh, again, I've always heard that You know, growing up that, yeah, if you have a falling dream and you don't wake up before you hit the bottom, you'll die. So I'm thinking, well, has that ever happened? And if it has, how do we really know?
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are different ways now to have the out-of-body experiences like, you know, using binaural beats and um, isolation tanks or yeah. Different types of meditation, or even drugs. Right. H- have you at least been curious to try some of those things?
2: Um. Not really. Uh, to tell you the truth, I'm I'm actually uh, I, I'm a drug and alcohol counselor, <laughs> so I know the dangers of drugs. But uh-huh. I did my own experimentations back in school, so I actually. I didn't have an out of body experience, but I did trip a couple times, and that was that might as well have been. It was, you know, I, I got the nickname Buddha for a, a very, very real reason of not moving for about six hours after dropping some acid. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that was kind of a. I don't remember too much out of that one, but uh, no, actually, you know, I, you, you know, honestly to tell you the truth, I've never been asked that question before, but now that I think about it, I don't think I really want to know. No? As strange as that seems, I, I don't. I don't really think I want to know because I, I don't think we're supposed to. Wow!
1: See, I mean, I, 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 I've had I, I had like a major out of body experience, and I'll do anything to recreate it.
2: Did you really? How long ago was that?
1: No, it's been a couple years now. Wow. It, was, it was an epileptic seizure.
2: Oh wow! But man,
1: it was so cool. Was amazing. So
2: you, like? Were, did you see yourself floating above your body and all that? No,
1: I didn't see, uh, I was like in, um, I was like in a vortex of just sounds and color and oh, wow. I, I was completely aware but the cool thing was there was like no fear there was no worry, it was so peaceful. All I was was like I was like, wow man, this is really, really cool, you know and I, oh, wow. and I kind of knew like, like this, is, this is where I came from and, um and then I heard my wife yelling my name, and I woke up. And by then, I was in an ambulance. They, yeah, they thought I had a heart attack or something, but it wasn't. And uh, but ever since then, it's like I, I would love to have that experience again.
2: Yeah, w- without like, uh, without the
1: eleven thousand dollar hospital bill, of course. <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Um, uh, what was the what was the name of that movie? Flatliners.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Isn't that kind of what they were doing? Yeah yeah flatliners yeah i remember seeing that in the theaters uh, i think an eighth or ninth grader Mm -hmm. but yeah that that you know i and and again it's just yeah i don't know i just i don't think we're supposed to but i mean i'm sure there's been many people who've tried but again i've never had an out-of-body experience that i know of that i can think of so
1: yeah they're fun they're definitely a lot of fun it change your perspective on everything. Yeah. Um, that's cool. So, you know, with the paranormal and supernatural, I mean, there's always the big question where do we come from? Why are we here? I mean, that's really what we're trying to find out when we're looking into the paranormal.
2: Right, absolutely. Yeah. And that's really, honestly, the reason I wrote my book is because I had all these questions and I wanted answers to them. Um, So I knew that there was there's a big community out here that could actually help me. But the one thing I did realize, obviously, early on, and I actually knew this probably high school, middle age, middle school age, um, you know, everything's theory based here. Nothing's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt. I mean, and I still run into those people, of course you know, when you tell them, you know, what you do or whatever, they'll give you the side eye and back away slowly. So, you know, so, but, but I've, I've met some really cool people in this field that have actually studied this for a long time and actually have their own theories that I espouse to. So, uh, but yeah, that's honestly, like I said, I, I the parallel universe and the multi-universe thing is really fascinating to me because I can actually, I think that's exactly what this is about. And it's in. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's one of those things where it can go on and on and on. And that's why I think this is such a big field that you can go in so many directions, but nobody really knows why, um, why anything is, Uh, you know, honestly, thinking about one of the theories. I was thinking about this uh, Bigfoot, why nobody really has seen a dead Bigfoot or anything like that. I think they're they're, They come and go through portals. So obviously that you're not going to see them because they're going to come and go as they please that's just my thinking and other people <clears> have come up with that theory and i think that's that, that's valid you right. know so again why we're here i don't know i mean i I'm, I'm pretty sure i'm 99.9% sure we're not alone
1: yeah we're definitely I, I think, not alone yeah I, there
2: there's 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 people there's other universes out there with intelligent life oh yeah
1: it would be ridiculous not to think
2: that yeah, well, okay, I just, yeah, there's just there's just no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think you know a lot of people who don't believe in things like that. That's fine, but that's that's pretty sad for them because there's just no. I, I don't believe that there's not. There's yeah. just too much, yeah. in my opinion. To it say it doesn't make
1: not. sense. It's not even logical.
2: Right. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I remember taking a was it a physics or physiology, and it was a, I think it was a psychology. Any one of those classes, and we were talking about the the god theory. And and I I didn't even know this at the time, but I was, my thing was like, okay, who invented that god, and then who invented that god, and then invented that god, and that and you can go back, 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 you know, somebody had to be invented the whole. Hello, you there?
1: Yep, I lost you for a minute.
2: Okay, yeah, again, (laughs) the wind's the wind's moving, I think.
1: Yeah, you know one of the things that like I think about when it comes to this whole the the whole God theory is and and this is always like the question for me is um, You know some people will say God is a singularity and everything is just one Um, But that doesn't necessarily explain infinity In if if things are infinite then we're looking at a God that's kind of like some type of feedback loop. So, I don't know.
2: Yeah, like I said, that, that's that, that's definitely, and it's interesting if you ever talk to a, the- a theologist about this, depending on what religion, you always get the different answers. And it's actually kind of interesting because I actually have had conversations, but I try not to get too deep with certain ones because I don't know enough about them that they yeah. just, you know, blow me away with their theories or whatever. And I can't defend it. So I kind of try not to not to do that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, obviously man didn't do all this. There's no way. Or woman. <laughs> Humans didn't do all this. Let's put it that way. Yeah.
1: But, but we play a role. We play a role in reality, which is yeah. weird, too. You know, one of the other questions, I think, with Paranormal – actually is you know do we create the paranormal activity you know when I watch like these paranormal shows it seems like some of these investigators always are sort of getting the same results no matter where they go and I wonder if if what that is is not so much a so much a paranormal you know entity that's outside of them rather than it's something that's being, create, being created by them.
2: Yeah. Uh, you there?
1: Yep, yep. Sorry, I lost oh, you. Sorry. I didn't hear okay, what you said.
2: Sorry. sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I always think, what if we're their ghosts? Like, mm-hmm. the move the others. You know, just kind of like, you know, what if, what if we're ghosts right here and we're talking and there's like a human being next to me that I don't see because I'm their ghost? Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, honestly, like I said, in, in the mind, if we really do only use 10% of our mind, if we use one more percent, what what can we be capable of doing? So obviously, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and there's been things like they had the experiment in Canada, I think it was was it Canada? Or was it United States? Anyway, where they where they came up, with their own, they created their own ghost through a lab experiment. Mm hmm. You know, so things like that—it's just like, okay, wow, if they could do this, you know, what what could happen? So, you know, and again, I'll be the first one to say that after years of of doing this and, and researching and studying and having experiences, I don't know anything. I mean, I really <laughs> don't. I mean, that's why I still search all the time and talk to people and bounce ideas off and listen to them because I still don't know anything any more than I did 25, 30 years ago
1: so how- how do you go about this research do you Do you do any paranormal investigation or anything
2: yeah, yeah actually um I can actually segue that into my my next project that I'm working on now um I'm just finishing up my uh manuscript on battlefield ghosts, where I've actually gone to several different civil war battlefields uh around my area and done e v p sessions and walked the battlefield and taken pictures uh things like that so i've actually gotten some some pretty unique results so far so um but yeah that that's kind of what i do and and usually like i said it honestly it just kind of comes to me i mean the only the one again i've never been on a quote unquote formal investigation with a team um so i'm still excited about trying to do that eventually but uh yeah like i said for this one i'm just doing it solo um and I, again i've gotten some really interesting uh results so um hopefully Hopefully my readers will enjoy my next project that should be coming out soon. Awesome.
1: Did you go to Gettysburg? Hello?
2: All right, you back? Yep, yeah. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, I don't, my internet's screwing up.
1: Oh, yeah. I asked if you ever, did you go to Gettysburg? Uh,
2: no, actually, unfortunately, that I was going to save that for the for the, the, the quote-unquote best for last. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't believe I'm going to be able to make it up there. What I'm actually trying to do is I think I'm going to try and do a two-parter year. Um, I'm doing the ones first and then I'm hopefully going to hit some other ones farther south. Uh, And that was my original goal was to actually go to Antietam and then Gettysburg. But um, because of the COVID thing and and some of the stuff at work and I got some personal things going on, um, I'm going to have to hold off on Gettysburg for a while. Um, Although I have been invited to a conference, ghost conference in July. So I I may try to hit that if I can, because I, that I can actually do an investigation with, so that'll actually be pretty cool. But um, yeah, for this this next book, uh, I don't think Gettysburg, unfortunately, is going to make it.
1: <laughs> so, so what did you find? Is found in some of these battlefields.
2: Um. Well, the one. Um. And, th- and this is one of my favorite stories, is because. Uh, so if the, if they don't if the spirits don't talk to you directly, and sometimes they don't just because they, they communicate in their own way. So I was at Ball's Bluff Battlefield in uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, which is fairly close to me um, so, uh, doing their walkthrough. Um, I, I didn't really get much. It's a very mysterious place. I, I got a lot of, you know, feelings from the woods and things like that because there was a lot of stuff going on. But as I got back into the car and I started, I I have a habit of leaving the radio on no matter where I'm at. So I had the radio on to an oldie station or something. And they they were playing Rebel Yell by Billy Idol. So that to me was them. And I just started laughing because that to me was the southern soldiers saying welcome without (laughs) saying welcome. And I took it as just that. Because, again, it could have been any song at any time, but it was right when I was leaving the battlefield, Rebel Yell Mm -hmm. was on. So I thanked them for that, and that was an interesting thing. Um, I did Antietam last week, and I got uh, touched at Antietam. Something or someone tugged on my clothing very distinctly. My uh, tape recorder went haywire. Um, There was a cold wind, perpetual cold wind, that followed me through the park, and it was 80 degrees. So I don't know what that was, if that was weather phenomena or something else but mm-hmm. everywhere i went there was a cold wind around me so that was kind of interesting um unfortunately i didn't get anything on tape um i may or may not have heard a a, a drum or a or a cannon fire um i'm, I'm that one's still up for debate because there was some construction in the area and i actually put that in the manuscript that I, I i'm gonna hold off on that because i've actually been to a place in winchester virginia that actually there was cannon fire this was at three o'clock in the morning though so i can pretty much attest it wasn't construction at this (laughs) one but yeah so i mean those are just a few things um in manassas i went to manassas battlefield and i had this feeling of being watched throughout the whole thing and there was nobody around me it was just this weird feeling of just being watched the whole time so um you know and and maybe you know and, and i'm trying to also prove the theory that you don't need to go ghost hunting in the dead of night because they're always around us. They'll let you know no matter what. But yeah. I've had a few few things. I haven't had anything overt, but I've still got a couple more battlefields to go, so we'll mm-hmm. see.
1: Interesting. I had a friend who is... Um, he was investigating Gettysburg, actually. And he, you know, he's had that place has been enti- searched so many times and gone over. But he was there, and um, he was standing next to a tree. Yeah. And he just got this idea, like, man, I'm going to... He saw a hole inside the tree, and he goes, "I'm just going to reach inside this hole and see if there's anything in there." And he reached in there, and he found the bayonet.
2: Oh wow, (laughs) that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I actually have a a good friend of mine who's also a paranormal researcher. Uh, She told me I have to go to Gettysburg, and she said that you you just have to go. There's just no. And and I've been to Gettysburg not as an investigator, just as just as a. a, it's a person who loves history a couple of times. And it's just, anytime I go to a battlefield, I, I get a very battlefields have very distinct energy all to its own. And unless it's really hard to explain, but it's always just, you just know. And it's just like this really kind of weird feeling in a battlefield compared to say like a haunted house or a cemetery or something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but yeah, Gettysburg to me is like the granddaddy of them all. That's the one that, that's that's the mecca, if you will, of of ghost hunting. And I can't wait to get up there. It's just, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it for this book.
1: Do you use any other type of equipment? Do you use like a EMF meter or a ghost box or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I'm actually um, working on getting an SB7 ghost box. Um, I think... I'm I'm still kind of on the fence with these, and I've actually talked to a, a couple paranormal researchers out there because again, my my thing is this is that because it can pick up radio frequencies, how how do you this you know discern between you know FM oldies and you know Grandpa Joe coming through? <laughs> so uh, I I want to try for myself, but obvi- but I've actually heard some spirit box sessions that are distinctive where there's no doubt when they answer your questions, there's no no way. I mean, that would be way too coincidental if, th- if this r- response came through, that was from a radio station. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm interested in doing that. I just haven't gotten around to to ordering one yet, but I'm definitely uh, I'm going to try that. Um, EMF meters, and, and again, the the thing with me, unfortunately, is because right now I'm, I'm by myself, so I, I can't bring a lot of stuff with me because I don't have eight arms. Yeah, but uh, again, being an empath, I, I figure an empath and a, and a tape recorder is really kind of all I need. In an iPhone, <laughs> and, and I can pretty much uh, they'll, they'll come to me kind of mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I do want to do to, to get a ghost box eventually because I think those things are pretty neat, and I just want to see how they work with me. Yeah,
1: yeah. When I first started out, we used to make them. We used to buy these transistor radios at Radio Shack. Yeah, and, and it was a hack where you just like you cut one wire and connected it to some other wire and. And it would just go. It was oh, pretty wow, cool. That's cool. And it would, you know, it's like 15 bucks. You just make one.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because I, I guess that's how pretty much most of this equipment has just kind of just been not really. Well, I guess most of it has been just made up yeah. throughout the years and modified. So, yeah, that's actually really cool. I mean, there's and there's so much. That's what's amazing. There's so much out there um i I really want to try dowsing rods Mm, yeah they're cool you know because i I think those things are just that and again for me i i believe water attracts a lot of energy so in theory they they would work
1: yeah um so what is the scariest thing that you've experienced
2: um almost getting married (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry honey if my girlfriend will be listening. No. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Um, gosh, I've had so many experiences. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to think about that for a second. I've had so many crazy experiences. Uh, I'd have to think. Um, probably the scariest, I would say, would be uh, the uh, EVP, my first EVP I told you about that, mm-hmm. that said I shown you. And then the. the I think the shadow person. Because that that was just Yeah, that that was um just kinda out there and, and unfortunately my my girlfriend at the time who who's in the book, uh, she has a lot of negative energy and I think a lot of that stuff that happened to me while I was with her was, was because of her and um she has read the book, so um I, I still do keep in touch with her once in a while, but I, I don't think she's quite put it together. But um, yeah, she she had a lot of negative energy. Well, she still does. I hope she. I think those... I hope
1: she doesn't find this podcast.
2: Oh no! I'm, well, she probably will. And that's okay. <laughs> it's like I said. It, it, she'll, no, she she's actually tried to send something to me, and that was a mistake because I'm very well protected. So whatever it was, kind of bounced off of me and went back to her. So and I actually know this. I know this. That she's actually. I mean, even though we had an amicable amicable split mm-hmm. just the kind of person she was she she somehow tried to conjure something dark to send to me so she threw some voodoo your way yes yeah she Damn. did and it, uh, it yeah it didn't work because she didn't know what she was doing and again between my my ex one of my exes who's actually a psychic witch the one i was telling you about i have a lot of witch friends and myself also just being who i am I have a lot of protection and she obviously didn't know this. Hmm. So it was funny because, because she, uh, she posted something on Instagram the other day about a bunch of stuff in her house going haywire, like, you know, stuff breaking down. And I thought, Oh my gosh, what did, what did you try to do to somebody else? <laughs> <laughs> cause this is the kind of thing she doesn't understand that. So I'm thinking, Oh gosh, you know, this is what happens. But, um, it's interesting cause she actually, the house she lives in now, um, when the book came out, I hadn't talked to her in a, in, in a while and she found it and she, and you know, she, I would me or whatever. And, uh, she lives in a really old house where we used to live in the town we used to live. And she said, I, I have all sorts of stuff going crazy around here. So I said, good. Send, send the stories my way. I love to read them. Hmm. So she's got a lot going on, but yeah, she has a lot of negative dark energy.
1: Uh, that's a bummer. Uh, Um, have you ever done any communications where you've tried to send spirits back to where they came from, like a cleansing? No, or? actually,
2: no. I actually have not done that. Um, I, I just I don't feel comfortable enough doing that. Um, so I I I wouldn't want to tackle that because I'd be afraid. I'd I'd be the one. You know, I could sit there and think, okay, I saw this on this show, or somebody told me how to do this, or I read it here. But yeah, I I I don't I don't have that uh, that 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 type of thing to do. I'd be afraid, like I said, I'd, I'd be afraid to mess things up. Um, but basically, I, I have had to tell spirits, you know, hey, firmly, you know, stop or whatever. Don't do this or whatever. So, you know, when I go to these battlefields, you have to tell them you cannot come with me. Do not come with me. You stay here. And you have to be firm like that because if you don't, they will jump with you and they will come with you, come back with you as an attachment. And I've actually had people who have told me that. How do I get rid of it? I said, well, this is what you got to do. But um, yeah, so that's like one of the first things I do when I go to these, these places is I tell them no, anything here cannot come with me. So right. And and th- they don't listen all the time because they're just, you know, former humans. So when do we listen to anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, they've been very respectful and they don't. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just, again, I, I don't feel comfortable doing that.
1: So what would be the holy grail of evidence for you to find?
2: Hmm. Gosh, that's a good question. See, uh, that's a really good question because I've actually gotten pretty much everything everyone else is, is wanting to get. I've had the full-bodied apparition. I've had an EVP capture. I've had many EVP captures. Um, I've had the... Uh, the touching. I've had the the empathic telepathy. Uh, so yeah, I pretty much run the gambit. So honestly, I, I don't really know know what... I, I guess maybe I, I would think probably the, the holy grail for me would be if, if something would come through and, and actually explain as to why this goes on. I think that would be it. Is if there was actually something to explain this all.
1: Good answer. <laughs> I think that. That would be everybody's <laughs> holy grail. <laughs> yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um so ha- have you ever experienced any other paranormal things outside of um hauntings and ghosts, like UFOs, uh Bigfoot, stuff like that?
2: Uh yeah, I I do believe I've seen a UFO in Pennsylvania. Um and it was actually kind of interesting. Um, you're familiar with Stan Gordon? Yeah. Okay. He uh he actually it was funny. He actually worked not too far from where I was working in Pennsylvania. I I never got a chance to go down and talk to him because he's a big UFO guy up there, um for uh, MUFON I guess they're called right Mm -hmm. MUFON yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I've actually heard some of his lectures and and heard I've went on his website, but um yeah I was driving home from work one night and um this whatever it was in the sky this wall of light or whatever it it was moving way too fast to be an airplane and it kind of just zigzagged throughout the sky there's nothing i've seen that can do that so i think i've actually seen a ufo um i've never seen a bigfoot or encountered a bigfoot um but i've been in bigfoot country where they they were probably there and they just didn't appear to me but Mm -hmm. it was funny because i actually was thinking that like this would be prime prime area for a bigfoot so i'm pretty sure that i said that for a reason
1: where are you at in virginia
2: I am in um Burke which is like 10 miles outside of DC.
1: Uh, Cuz I just posted an interview today um with somebody from Virginia. He's a Bigfoot researcher over there. But I think um, he's what part? He's more of um <clears throat> he's closer to uh like West Virginia. Okay. He's like so at the he's border of Virginia and West Virginia.
2: Uh, okay, yeah, he's down in eighty-one. Yeah, yeah, because right. I've lived kind of all all over the state, so yeah, I've been kind of ever I used to live in Western Virginia mm-hmm. for a, for a long time. I got a lot of good experiences out there. It's very rural out that way.
1: Yeah, I've been through West Virginia. It's a little spooky.
2: Oh yeah, there's, I mean, the mountains. Yeah, the some... mountains are
1: beautiful, but it's I don't know. Yeah, it has a different. It has a weird vibe. That's for sure.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) There's a place called uh, Shawnee Land. I don't know if you're familiar. It's the abandoned. uh, Yeah. Uh That abandoned. uh, Not museum. It's the amusement park. Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to go there because I actually went to school for a semester at a school in southern West Virginia, and actually had some experiences that I put in this book. And I always just thought, yeah, West Virginia, you, you described it perfectly. It's got a weird vibe to it.
1: Yeah. It's definitely different. And <clears throat> it's a perfect place, too, for for cryptid.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, I, I mean there, there's so much uh, land that hasn't been populated ever. Yeah. By anybody. I mean, you know, a lot of abandoned mining towns, but in between them there's nothing
2: yeah absolutely like i said it's just but you're right it just has this weird feeling weird vibe to it but yeah i mean like mothman i've been to point pleasant i've been to flatwoods i mean yeah those places out there are just wow you know i can see something living out here that we don't know about yeah
1: do you ever plan on like investigating like that type of thing also
2: yeah, actually, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I think maybe after this book, perhaps depending on how well it sells, or just if it even gets the, hopefully it'll get to the market. I'm trying to do a part two, but actually, I, I have some friends who live in Southern Jersey, and we're huh. talking about doing a Jersey Devil expedition.
1: I'm from uh, Central Jersey originally. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm from Princeton, but I used to go. Uh... My my parents had a camper right near Leeds Road. I mean, oh, wow. like like fi- like not even 5 miles away from Leeds Road.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, I read uh Weird New Jersey. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with that. Oh, I'm definitely that, that was, familiar with that. <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was a great book. Um I've read a couple stories on the Jersey Devil, like I said I have I used to work with a couple of people. One one was from Asbury Park, which is a little farther up. But the other mm-hmm. one I used to work with was right right from South Jersey, and he was just like, "Yeah, let's do this." And uh, he's up there now. He moved back there. So <laughs> I I I think either if I don't, with if I can't get a hold of them, I'm just gonna do it myself. <laughs> you yeah. know, maybe get some other people. But yeah, I, I wanted to do a, a hunt for the Jersey Devil book. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, and I'd, there, I'd love to do a There's some cool foot. places out there. Yeah, I've, I've got a good friend who lives in Michigan, and we talk about the Dog Man all the time. Uh,
1: dog Man is actually huge where I'm at here in Alabama, like like an, along the Gulf Coast like, of like Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, really popular
2: that's cool yeah because that that's another thing you know being from the south the south has so many crazy things like yeah they just have like the cryptid central Like forget bigfoot bigfoot's nothing compared to some <laughs> of the other things the south has <laughs> it, it, I've,
1: I've talked to hunters here and um i had one i said have, have you ever seen, seen a squash when you're hunting and he goes man you're i'm, I'm more likely to see a squash than i am a deer
2: says a lot that's trippy <laughs> and, 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 and it
1: is I, I, it makes sense like if you come like 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 the part of Alabama I live in is pretty populated but when you go outside of it yeah it's nothing it's just I mean most of it's logging yeah well and, and there's just nothing
2: wow that's really yeah I'd speaking of Alabama I'd love to go to Sloss Furnace sometime mm-hmm That'd be pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that that's been like investigated to death. No pun intended. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But yeah, some of these places I think have been overdone, but yeah, lost furnace. I've, I've, that place sounds really cool. Like you yeah. get a lot of good stuff down there.
1: Yeah, it's good. Um, it's interesting. So um, before we wrap it up, where can my listeners find you?
2: You, your listeners can find me at, uh, on my personal email at k-k-i-l-l-e-n k killen b is in boy t is in tom k killen bt at gmail.com um, please if anybody has any comments questions or concerns uh, feel free to always send me an email i love talking to listeners i love talking to fans i love talking to just regular people who just want to talk about anything it doesn't have to be about uh, paranormal it can be about anything they want just hit me up and we'll talk um, I am a professional counselor, so if, that, if, if that's anything for anybody, we can discuss anything else during COVID and things like that. Also, they can reach me at uh, my Instagram account at irishkev, I-R-I-S-H-K-E-V, 7147. That's another good place to reach me. Uh, so those are the really two places, good places to reach me. Uh, they can find my book. If they'd like to purchase it in uh, all three forms, audiobook, book, ebook, and paperback—at uh, Amazon, of course, they can find it at Ozark Mountain Publishing. Um, I do have an author's page there, um, BarnesandNoble.com, and pretty much anywhere.com that uh, sells books, they can pretty much find my book if they care to care to purchase "Ghosts and Me."
1: All right. Well, send me some of those links and I'll put those in the notes of this episode so my listeners can get your book and check you out and contact you if they would need to. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to come back, uh, to come on tonight and talk to me.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. This has been a blast.
1: Awesome. I'll hang on one more moment and I just have to play my outro and we'll wrap it up.
0: Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, wwweverythingimaginable 2020.com oh yes i almost forgot you can buy his book enlightenment guaranteed it's the only book on zen that you'll ever need and it's on amazon it'll change your life because remember everything that exists was first imagined hey if you love what you listen to don't forget rate review and subscribe